With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mahai City here in Denver, Colorado. And we are back for another week of talking sports with a dose of common sense. Hey, happy Wednesday to you. I hope your week is going well. Hope it's off to a good start. Hope you and your family and your friends are all staying healthy out there physically as well as mentally. And sometimes maybe more so mentally is what I'm concerned about. But you know what? We have a very important birthday that took place today. Because it was back on October 20th, 1931, that one of the greatest baseball players and one of the most beloved baseball players in history was born. He played his entire Major League Baseball career from 1951 to 1968 with the New York Yankees as a center fielder, a right fielder, and first baseman. He was one of the best all-around players and one of the best sluggers ever. He is regarded by many as the greatest switch hitter in baseball history. You know, so many times in sports, we have such short memories and we look at guys and we say, you know, this modern version is the best we've ever seen. It's better than anything else from those olden days. And I'm reaching a point in my life now where I see modern players, and instead of just vaulting them right to the top of every single list, I now look at players and I say, well, this modern-day player is actually just kind of the evolution of that player from a former era. I mean, Nikola Jokic isn't brand new. We've seen this before. He could be more of a modern-day Arvita Sabonis, though. Running back Derrick Henry, he's not the first giant running back that looks like a man playing against boys. I mean, we saw that with Jim Brown back in the 50s and 60s. And for as great as Los Angeles Angels outfielder Mike Trout is, we've already seen a version of him too. And his name was Mickey Charles Mantle. He was born on October 20th, 1931 in Spavanaugh, Oklahoma. Mantle was one of the greatest offensive threats of any center fielder in baseball history. He has the second highest career on base plus slugging percentage among center fielders, second behind, guess who? Yeah, Mike Trout. And he had the highest stolen base percentage in history when he retired from the game. In addition, he had the highest World Series on base percentage and World Series slugging percentage. So he was doing it in clutch times. He also had an excellent 984 fielding percentage while playing center field. Mickey Mantle was able to hit for both average and for power. Now, off the field, Mantle was a bit of a partier. He loved drinking, and in fact, he battled alcoholism, which is what ended up taking his life at the age of just 63 back in 1995. But Mickey Mantle was a 20-time All-Star. He was a seven-time World Series champion. He was a three-time AL MVP He won the Triple Crown in 1956 when he led the major leagues in batting average with 353, home runs with 52, and RBIs with 130. You know, it's very rare that we ever see anything in sports that's completely brand new. Today, in this era, Mike Trout is absolutely amazing. But make no mistake, Mickey Mantle did do it first. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe tell us your favorite modern-day athlete. 
that has probably already been done before, hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you've got a comment. Maybe you need a little advice. Feel free to drop us a line. We would love to hear what you have to say. Also, make sure you're stopping by dailydosports.com at least once a week to check out some of the new stuff that's going on over there. Of course, we put a link to the podcast. We put a link to the YouTube video. We have links to Daily Dose gear over there. But we're also putting up new articles every single week. I am putting up a Daily Doses article, which usually deals with some local subjects. But that's not all. We also have Young Jimmy posting a new article every single Thursday, and he talks about a number of things. Sometimes I don't even know what he's going to come up with that week, but trust me, it is going to be well worth your time to check it out. He posts a new article on Thursdays. I post one on Tuesdays. You need to make sure you check that stuff out every single week. Speaking of that daily dose gear, as long as we are all doing that online shopping, be sure to stop by tpublic.com and pick up some daily dose gear. Got a number of designs over there for you to choose from. You can get standard daily dose logo gear. You can get Daily Dose basketball, Daily Dose football logos, a couple of different things to choose from. But the cool thing about ordering from tbubble.com, you can get a hoodie, a sweatshirt, and a t-shirt in any color that you want. Be sure that you're stopping by over there. Maybe you need a new coffee mug for that desk. Stop by tbubble.com and pick up the Daily Dose gear that you need in your life. Today on the show, I actually have a little bit of business to attend to this week, but Never fear, because we have a daily dose from the past to play for you today. We are flashing back to a daily dose from the year 2015. The Houston Texans were actually being featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. A couple of interesting items there. The New England Patriots were signing a wide receiver that was well past his prime. Kind of interesting how that turned out. USC head coach at the time, Steve Sarkeesian, he was getting himself into some pretty big trouble. We also talk some college football stories, some NFL stories, plus we hand out a few very important tips for fantasy football players. I know we don't talk a lot of fantasy here on The Dose, but we actually do give you some tips this week. Finally, we will have a Daily Dose Top 5 that is NFL flavored for you. You will not want to miss it. So sit back and relax and enjoy a throwback episode of The Daily Dose. Wednesday, August 26, 2015, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, sports writer from Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know, we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you just a little bit different of an outlook on the world of sports than you are going to get anywhere else. If you want to be a little more informed, if you want more of a common sense approach to sports than you get in other places, tune in and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Podcast Republic. Any, Pretty much any place that, that podcasts are out there, you can find us there. If you would like to contact me, uh, you can hit me on Twitter at Daily Dose Sports. That is D-A-L-Y Daily Dose Sports. You can find me on Twitter and I'll live tweet some stuff. I'll tweet some games. I'll tweet out some articles, stuff like that. Uh, if you would like to spice up that Facebook feed that you have that is probably uh, getting boring and, and you are tired of hearing about how that uh, that one clown you went to school with is going to Olive Garden tonight, uh, feel free to add us, Daily Dose Sports, on Facebook. You can add us and follow us on there. Just like us. Just click like, and you will get some articles. You'll get some updates. You'll get a few different things. Um, and, and we've got college football previews. We are previewing every single conference and every team within those conferences of all the big you know, the big dog conferences that are out there, uh, you can head over to our website and check out those articles. I think you'll like it. I've had some decent feedback. If you'd like to email the show, email the show, dailydosesports at gmail.com. I have a couple of emails that I'm going to read this week that we will work in, just a couple things that I have received that I thought I might want to pass along to all of you. This week, got a lot of NFL stuff. Um, I'm even going to give you a few fantasy tips that you will want to keep in mind uh, it's almost fantasy football time. Football season is getting here. Uh, we've got college football coming up next week. Uh, the NFL is now halfway through its preseason, so we've got a lot of football stuff to get to. Going to try to get to a few things uh, Major League Baseball-wise, a couple of the races that are going on in there. Going to talk some college football today. I've got a few things I want you to keep in mind college football-wise. Next week will be our college football preview, our college football spectacular. You do not want to miss that. And of course, today we have our Daily Dose Top 5. You do not want to miss that. Trust me, that is a very popular segment. I always get comments on the Daily Dose Top 5. A couple things coming out today. 
couple things breaking news-wise. Uh, you might have saw that the Houston Astros hung 15 on the New York Yankees last night. Uh, there's been talk maybe the Astros are going to start to uh, you know decline. Maybe they're going to start to fall apart. Maybe the Rangers can catch them. They put 15 on the Yankees last night. Gets a little bit heated. Gets a little bit uh, testy. Um, and, and, you know, have the Astros scored 15 in the whole season? They did it in one night. Uh, you know, one thing that is a little bit interesting to me, um, the St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, and we've talked a little bit about the Cardinals. The Cardinals have now won 80 games. They have won 80 games this year. And, and it's what, uh, late August and they've already won 80 and they still haven't put away the Pirates and the Cubs. Pirates and the Cubs are still lurking. I, they're still back there. I don't know. I don't know that they can really, you know, overtake the Cardinals, but you, you would think 80 wins by now, you're probably sitting in really, really good shape. Um, the, just kind of, kind of some races to, to kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, right there. Uh, a couple things coming out in the world of sports. Uh, the Denver Broncos yesterday, of course, I'm in Denver, signed offensive lineman Evan Mathis to a one year deal. Uh, Mathis, was engaged in a little bit of a contract dispute with the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, they didn't want to resign him, so they just cut him. He wanted to renegotiate his deal. They just cut him. The Denver Broncos, uh, you know, I, I feel like, and we're going to have our NFL preview here in a few weeks, uh, the Broncos, I feel like, have a very, very good football team in general. Uh, pretty strong at almost every area except that offensive line. That offensive line really scares me. And, and in fact, they've got a second-year man playing center. Uh, they've got two rookies playing on the left side of that offensive line with Max Garcia uh, and, and Ty Sombreo. Um, they've got some young, young guys. So they bring in Evan Mathis, one-year deal. Evan Mathis is a very, very good offensive lineman. He's a little bit goofy. He's kind of crazy, as, as some of those offensive linemen are. But Evan Mathis is very, very good. He could solidify that Denver Bronco front. Pretty good uh, get by John Elway pulling him in. Uh, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? Which is, which is slowly, slowly turning into like the JJ Watt show because it seems like every single thing they do, the camera's just going to pan over to JJ Watt and we're going to see his reaction. But it was kind of interesting watching, watching that. They had some, you know, the rookie skits and they showed a little bit of their, of their preseason game, uh, that, that was played actually against Denver. It it was interesting to me though, because I'm I'm watching, you know, their coach, Bill O'Brien, and he is talking about, you know, you guys just don't look like you're having fun. You just don't look like you have much energy. You just don't look like, uh, you, you know, we're out there playing, uh, you know, with, with much of a motor today. You're just kind of, you know why they look like that? Because they're not very good. That's why they look like that. That's why the, the, the Texans don't look like they're having much fun. Cause they're not very good. Cause they don't have any playmakers. They've got JJ Watt and a bunch of who knows who they are. Uh, quarterbacks are terrible. They, they were showing last night. J.J. Watt catching passes because, you know, he might play some tight end. He might have to play some tight end. They were also showing that they have uh, that that cornerback. Is it is it uh, Charles James or something? And, and, and they were running him at running back. That's where they're at. They're starting to take defensive players and move them over to the offensive side of the ball because they don't have any offensive weapons. Yeah, they're not having fun. That's what happens when you're not very good. Hard knocks. Always, always interesting. Uh, a few other moves around the NFL. You might have saw Michael Vick signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's probably kind of at the end of his run, but maybe you bring him in just for the two-point conversion. Maybe you bring him in just as a backup quarterback kind of situation. I don't know. We'll talk more about Michael Vick going to Pittsburgh and, and the Pittsburgh Steelers here in, in, in a little bit. You must have all, might have also saw that the New England Patriots signed wide receiver Reggie Wayne. I thought that was interesting, and I think this is one that has gone a little bit under the radar with the New England Patriots because everything, obviously, with the Patriots, we're talking about Brady, we're talking about you know all that all that mess that they have back there. But when they signed Reggie Wayne, let, let me just give you a little insight into them signing Reggie Wayne. That to me smells a little bit of desperation by the Patriots, and, I, and I'm not saying they're going to be bad this year. I'm not saying that they're they're Completely desperate, but when you look at their situation at wide receiver, Julian Edelman out hurt. Uh, they say he'll be back by the start of the season. Uh, Brandon LaFell's out hurt. Aaron Dobson's out hurt. Uh, they're running out of people. Now, just uh, again for a little bit of insight, last year when the Denver Broncos were getting to face the Indianapolis Colts in the playoff game, I I had to go through some film and, and writing some articles and stuff. I had to write some stuff uh, uh, about Reggie Wayne. Uh, Reggie Wayne doesn't have anything left, folks. 
Reggie Wayne's not a very good wide receiver anymore. Uh, can't create separation. Uh, can't just can't get open. If they're signing him, that tells me a little bit. And, and I know that everyone's like, well, Belichick will sign him and he'll get something out of him. I, I don't think he will. I don't think Reggie Wayne has anything left. Uh, and that's just a fact. Did you see Southern Cal over the weekend? Head coach of USC, Steve Starkeesian, got himself liquored up and, and wandered up on the stage at some sort of like a, I don't know, a donor event or something and, uh, had a few pops and got up there and, and, you know, rolled out some F bombs and insulted some, some of, uh, you know, their rivals. And then, you know, yelled fight on, you know, just, just all liquored up, acting like a complete idiot. And now, so then they, they brought him, uh, like Pat Hayden, the athletic director back at, at USC, brings him in on Sunday and like scolds him and gives him the, hey, don't ever do that again. You're embarrassing us and that kind of thing. But then on Monday and Tuesday, we've started to see some people, some boosters. Hey, maybe Sarkeesian should be fired. Maybe Sarkeesian should be uh, suspended. Maybe Sarkeesian has a problem. He said that he had mixed medication with alcohol and that he would seek treatment, but he was kind of vague about what treatment he would have or what medication he had or what alcohol he had. And now there's people, what if he has a, you know, got a pretty serious problem? What if Sarkeesian, I mean, I mean, if he has, if he has a drinking problem, he has a, he's a drug problem. He's, he's mixing these two things. He's mis- mixing medication and alcohol. What, whatever happened to just stupid? Whatever happened to a guy just being dumb? I think that's exactly what this is here. We don't, we don't have to have a, you know, like, uh, something wrong with every single person that does something stupid. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that he has this medical issue or, well, he's actually got this, this, this disorder. He's got a disorder that he's got to get fixed. He, what if he's just dumb? What if he just got liquored up, got up there and blah, 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 fight on and it's just a big idiot? Have you noticed that today in America, we can't just have stupid anymore? Everything has to be a disorder. Everything has to be an issue. He, well, he really needs to get into rehab. No, he doesn't. Just stop being dumb. He's embarrassed himself. He, I, I don't even know that he needs any further punishment. He's embarrassed himself. He's embarrassed his family. He's embarrassed his program. Do you really need any further punishment? What's that going to do for you? I don't know if that's going to do anything. Goodness, I get tired of this kind of nonsense. Just dumb. Yes, he did something stupid. And that's exactly what it was. Something stupid. Nothing more. Nothing less. Pretty easy. Um, did you see the Atlanta Falcons signed quarterback Rex Grossman? If you want to have some free money where you really, uh, you don't have to be good at your job. Uh, be a, like a weatherman or be a, a very, very average mediocre quarterback because you will always, always get work, it seems. Okay, coming back, we are going to be talking some college football. We're going to be looking at some teams that were lurking a little underneath the radar. Plus, we had to look at a few quarterback battles that were taking place, and a few of those names are going to be very familiar to you. And we do something we rarely do. We are actually going to give you some fantasy football tips. We'll get you those when we get back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's jump back into a daily dose from back in 2015. We are going to be talking some college and pro football right now. Uh, we, we need to jump in. Enough of the breaking news stuff. We need to jump in. Uh, like I said, college football previews are out on our website. If you head over to dailydosesports.wordpress.com, uh, you can see we've put up the ACC so far. Got some uh, some outlooks for each of the teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Have uh, our, our preview up for the Big Ten. If you're wondering how the Big Ten is going to be, check that out. Uh, head over there. You can take a look at the website and, and see how I think the Big Ten is going to go. Um, I have another one coming out. I think the Big 12 is coming out tomorrow. Stop by the website. You might want to check those out. You know, I got a, I got an email this week, uh, from Josh and my email says, Hey, my boss is a big Wisconsin fan and I read him your outlook for his Badgers. You might not know this, but when, when you're talking about Wisconsin, it's pronounced Badgers. 
So he, he read the outlook to his boss uh, about the Badgers. He laughed, but now I wonder if he's going to fire me. Um, Josh, thanks for the email. Uh, yeah, he probably is going to fire you, but understand this. It has nothing to do with my outlook. It has nothing to do with the Daily Dose College Football Preview. It probably has more to do with your poor work habits and the fact that you're bringing him college football stuff when you're supposed to be working. So don't stop reading the Daily Dose uh, at work. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But you might want to actually mix in some actual work too and and not, you know, maybe take it to him or maybe show it to him after work or or do something like that. Yeah, you probably will get fired for messing around if he's... Uh, if he's talking about that, um, you know, next week, like I said, next week on the show on the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, we will do our college football preview. We will have some some conference outlooks. We'll talk a little bit about some Heisman candidates. I've got some some coaches uh, that you're going to want to hear. Uh, there's a few coaches that I think are on the hot seat. They might want to win or they're going to get themselves in a little bit of trouble. I told you last week, there's a few teams that I'm looking at when I was going through and doing these previews. There's a few teams that I'm looking at that they might be just a little bit under the radar. They're not teams that you traditionally think of uh, as being teams that could be pretty good this year. And, and, and don't misunderstand. Things have to kind of break right for them to, to you know, kind of get through and, and get uh, to to the spot that, that I think they could get to. But there's a couple teams here. I'm, I'm just going to. I'm going to read you a couple of teams here. And I you want to just keep an eye on them. Because like I said, they're not traditional powerhouse college football teams. In fact, they're teams that you kind of go, really? First team I'm going to give you. College football team, little under the radar, that if you keep an eye on they if things break right, they, they could be pretty good. Pretty good. First team out of the ACC, North Carolina. And, and yes, they're probably paying their players. Um, they're probably taking tests for their players. But UNC could be a team to watch. You know, they returned 10 starters on offense and they've got a quarterback back there, Marquise Williams. He's pretty good. If this kid stays healthy, the Tar Heels, I think, can outscore anyone in that conference. Now, I don't know if they can stop anyone, but they can outscore anyone in that conference. Last season, uh, Marquise Williams set a single season record for total offense. Uh, he can beat you with an arm. He's got a big arm and, he, and he's kind of, I hate to give you this comparison. Uh, but he kind of reminds you a little bit of Jameis Winston, just in his size. I'm not talking about, you know, being an idiot or, or doing the stupid things that Winston did. But I mean, just size-wise, he's a big, strong kid. Uh, he can just flick the ball, and it just seems like it travels 40 yards. Um, but he can also beat you with his legs. He's a little more, I guess, athletic than Winston is. He can he can hurt you in a few different ways. Um, their head coach, Larry Fedora. You might remember Fedora had coached a little bit under Urban Meyer down at Florida. Uh, Larry Fedora... The problem with UNC has not been their offense. It's been their defense. And, and Fedora kind of got sick of their defense just giving up points. I think they gave up 39 points a game or some ridiculous thing last year. So he went and he hired former Auburn coach, uh, you know, the head coach that was at Auburn when they won the championship with Cam Newton, Gene Chizik, to run the defense. Now, uh, Chizik is a very, very good defensive coordinator. I know he ended up getting fired at Auburn and having the issues down there. Um, but he'll install that 4-3 that he runs. And they will start putting some pressure on quarterbacks that they haven't done in the past years. Uh, Chiswick could get this Carolina defense uh, to come around a little bit. And if he does, look out. Because like I said, what they can do on offense is pretty impressive. And now, I understand. Yeah, Chiswick is probably kind of, you know, we remember him paying Cam Newton and in that bidding war for Cam Newton. Down and over. Uh, but this might be a perfect spot for him at UNC. Because uh, UNC is not above paying their athletes. UNC is not above... Cheating a little bit. I mean, UNC, North Carolina somehow got old deputy dog himself, Roy Williams, to do some cheating while he's been back there. So this might be a perfect spot for Gene Chizik. Last year, uh, the Tar Heels went six and seven. And I'm looking at their schedule this year. They could win 10 games. If things fall right and they stay healthy, and I know that's across the board, that's kind of ever, but if, if, if key players stay healthy for them, North Carolina Tar Heels could win 10 games this year. In college football, uh, let me give you another team to keep an eye on. Another team I just want you to keep in the back of your mind. And they're from the Big Ten, and I know what's going on in the Big Ten. When you think of the Big Ten, you're going to think of Ohio State and what Urban Meyer has done there and, and reviving Ohio State and reviving the Big Ten. You're going to think probably of Michigan and, and Jim Har Harbaugh coming back to Michigan and the, and the job that he is, you know, hopefully going to do for Michigan. Maybe you think a little bit of a Michigan State or I don't know, a Penn State. I'm going to give you a team. That's not on your list. 
the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I know it's Minnesota. I know it's Minnesota. But head coach Jerry Kill has kind of turned this team into like this tough, efficient team. Uh, they play good defense. They, they run ground, you know, ball control offense. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of high scoring. Not, it's not that, but they went eight and five last year. And don't forget, Minnesota gave Ohio State all they wanted. They lost by a touchdown, 31-24. Uh, very, very close. They actually just lost out to Wisconsin for the Big Ten West in the last week of the season. Uh, they're going to run the ball. Like I said, they're going to run the ball. They're going to be effective with a short passing game, and they're going to play tough defense. Uh, they've got a quarterback, Mitch Leidner, uh, and he's got to be a little bit quicker making decisions. He's got to be a little bit better out of play action and finding the open guy. Uh, but Minnesota has something. Now, they're going to have to replace two players. They've got to replace uh, running back David Cobb. They've got to replace tight end Max Williams. And those are key components for them to be good this year. Uh, but the good news is they are returning seven starters from a defense that was ranked 33rd in the nation last year. Don't get me wrong on this. Minnesota is going to play boring, ugly, probably horrible football to watch. And it's going to be those games that, you know, you wake up at least back here mountain time. You turn on the TV on Saturday morning and and they start at like uh, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's Minnesota uh, playing like, uh, you know, Michigan or whatever. And, and it's going to be boring and it's going to be painful. But if you can stick through and watch a few of their games, they might win nine or 10 of them. Minnesota. Could be pretty tough this year. Keep an eye on them. One last team I'm going to give you. One last team I'm going to give you. And this one's a little bit different. Uh, team out of the SEC. Uh, but this team, it, see, the, the two teams before, North Carolina and Minnesota, they're kind of never have-beens. I mean, maybe back in the, I don't know, Civil War days, Minnesota did something. But this team used to actually be pretty good. They haven't been very good lately at all. Um, like, as opposed to never have-beens, these are kind of the... Uh, uh, has been, I guess. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Keep an eye on Tennessee. You know, Tennessee was the youngest team in the country last year. Now, I know, I know everyone says that. Have you noticed that's kind of the new stat to throw out? Well, we were the youngest team in the country. If you take the, uh, the date of our players on exactly, uh, October 3rd, uh, then we were the youngest. Yeah, I know. But Tennessee was one of the, one of the youngest teams in the country last year. And, and depending on who you believe, uh, but, you know, they return. 17 starters from a team that went seven and six last, seven and six last year. And don't forget, Tennessee crushed Iowa in the Gator Bowl. I know it's not called the Gator Bowl anymore. It's called something stupid. I forget the dumb contract that it is, but it's the Gator Bowl. We all know what it is. Now, seven and six doesn't sound that impressive, but here's their record over the past few years. Five and seven in 2013, five and seven in 2012, five and seven in 2011. Are you seeing a trend? Six and seven in 2010. Five and seven in 2008. I mean, this is a team that has just, just a little below average the last few years. They went seven and six last year. Uh, so of course the fans in Knoxville are getting fired up. Of course they're getting excited, uh, you know, to sing Rocky Top and wear their popsicle colored, uh, jerseys and stuff. Uh, the offense should be a little bit better. They've got junior quarterback, uh, Joshua Dobbs. He's a pretty athletic kid and he, he started to get more and more snaps as the season went on last year. Uh, they've also got a running back named Jalen Hurd that I want you to keep an eye on. And yes, I'm going to tell you right up front, white running back alert. Don't say you didn't know. White running back alert. Uh, this kid's a beast and, and he's not, he's not the stereotypical white running back. Because I know when I say that, I know right now you're thinking, oh, they got Mike Allstott? Not exactly. This is a strong kid, don't get me wrong, but this is a kid that can fly. Uh, last year, uh, 899 yards and five touchdowns, and he's just going to get more and more carries this year. Keep an eye on Jalen Hurd. Remember, you heard it here first. Uh, the defense was already, already pretty stout last year. Uh, their defense allowed just 24 points a game. Uh, with some very, very young ki kids. Uh, the, the key for Tennessee, though, to me, is that the SEC East is very, very winnable. I don't know who's going to come out of that SEC East. I mean, you've got Georgia, who probably has the most talent year in, year out. Uh, you've got Florida, who is, is struggling a little bit as of, as of late, and, and they've, you know, got the new coach and all that kind of stuff. You've got Missouri, 
who somehow keeps winning the SEC East despite every single year we go, well, this year they won't win it. Uh, Missouri keeps finding a way to get it done. Uh, so, so I don't know. Uh, Tennessee at least has a shot in that SEC East. Now I realize when you turn on the Tennessee game and, and you see the, you're going to see their head coach, Butch Jones. And yes, he looks a lot like Sergeant Carter from Gomer Pyle. And there is a chance. I'm not going to say there's no chance. There is a chance that his head might actually explode on the sideline. But if Tennessee gets by Oklahoma at home on September 12th, look out because Tennessee, uh, might be pretty good. And Tennessee could, uh, could give some, some trouble to some teams in the SEC and, and at least have a shot. They're not going to, they're not going to probably win the SEC, but they at least have a shot in the SEC East, which is the weaker division of the two. Let's talk a little bit about some quarterback controversies going on over in college football. Because there's a few, there's a few teams in college football that, that, you know, you might not be aware of that they're trying to decide on a quarterback. And you know, the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Uh, it, it, you know, you, you can't have that platoon system. I don't know if I agree with that saying, because I mean, think about it. You, you have, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no, the Buffalo Bills have three quarterbacks and they still have no quarterback. The Chicago Bears just have one quarterback. And they still don't have a quarterback, but I, I understand what you're saying. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. A couple teams that are going to have to make a decision with who's going to get the, the playing time, who's going to get all the reps. Uh, and the first team, probably the biggest one on the list, is Ohio State. I mean, don't forget that last year, Ohio State won the national championship with their third string quarterback, Cardale Jones. Uh, he's a big, strong kid. Uh, you know, he could run a little bit, not afraid to lower his head and, and, and run through people. Uh, reminds you a little bit uh, of a Tim Tebow running that Urban Meyer kind of system. Or you have JT Barrett, who is a little bit more of the traditional passer. Um, Jones has the stronger arm. He can, he can chuck it a long ways. He's a big, strong kid. Barrett is more of the accurate passer. Uh, and I think what's going to happen, I think what's going to happen with Ohio State is I think that Urban Meyer will find a way to play both of them. I just think Cardell Jones is going to get the majority of the snaps. Uh, and then he'll probably, you know, he's a senior. He'll go on to the NFL and then he'll eat himself out of the NFL because you can already see, you can already see with Cardell Jones. Oh, it's coming. He's going to be 400 pounds in just a few years. Uh, but, and I'll tell you why in just a second. Barrett is going to get snaps this year. Barrett is going to get significant snaps this year. And don't be surprised to see him in clutch times taking snaps under center. I just think Jones is going to get more snaps. And I'm going to tell you why he's going to get more snaps in just, just one minute. Um, one other team, again, that we may not traditionally think of, you know, having quarterback controversy kind of thing, got to keep an eye on Alabama. Uh, last year at this time, um, you know, they, they got the transfer in from Florida State, Jake Coker, and it looked like he was going to be Alabama's starting quarterback. That looked like a done deal. Jake Coker is going to be the guy. He's going to be the starting quarterback down at Alabama. He's taken over. Um, but then senior Blake Sims came in and they played pretty well. Uh, he had 28 touchdowns. He took Alabama to what the final four. Uh, yes, they got knocked off. Um, yes, they got beaten in the, in the final game. Um, but uh, he did a pretty good job. Now you would think it would be Coker's job. Uh, Coker is a senior. Coker is the guy with the experience. Coker is the guy that has played in the system, but everyone is saying that this freshman, uh, David Cornwell has looked really, really good. So what does a coach do in this situation? And I tell you this because just coaching experience. There's a couple things that you see as a coach. See, I'm not looking at this. If you're Nick Saban, well, who knows what in the world Nick Saban's doing. He's probably sharpening his pitchfork and uh, heating up the coals for people. But if you're Nick Saban, uh, you can't just pick your quarterback based on is it Coker or is it Cornwell. It's, that, that's not what I'm looking at. It, it's not just that because, see, I, this decision is going to affect all 70 kids. This decision is going to affect the morale of all 70 kids. And I have to think about that. So I can take the young kid, uh, you know, the young freshman that's coming in and he's kind of brand new, but he hasn't been in the program. He hasn't put in his time. And, and as a result, if I take maybe the more talented kid, but the kid that hasn't put in his time, that has, I might lose 60, 65 of those kids because the rest of them say, wait a minute. That guy put in his time. How is Coker not the starter? He's a senior. So what you do is you play the senior who might not be as talented as the freshman, but you start the senior, you play the senior, and if needed, you bring in the freshman in spot duty here and there. You've got the future with the freshman. He's going to have to come back for at least another year or two. We know that. 
but you got to start the senior for the good of the rest of the 70 other kids. Because otherwise, you start getting kids that say, wait a second, I've been playing here, I'm a senior, am I going to lose my job to this punk freshman too? You start to lose your locker room, you start to lose some of your kids. I would expect Nick Saban uh, to probably go with the senior. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Last one I'm going to give you, uh, quarterback controversy we've got just a little bit. And that is down at the U- University of Oklahoma. You know, they've got two quarterbacks. <laughs> That are, that have some similarities, that have some difference. Uh, the junior, uh, Baker Mayfield is, is kind of the favorite, uh, but he didn't get the time last year. Last year, they, the Sooners went with Trevor Knight. The, the problem is that Knight struggles sometimes to get the team moving. He struggles sometimes to get the offensive going. It, it seems like there are times that Knight, a lot of three and outs. A lot of just struggles to really get any continuity. A lot of, uh, he's struggling to get drives put together. Whereas Mayfield can be a little more exciting. He's a little more confident. And he also turns it over a lot. Although to be fair, Trevor Knight turned it over a lot on his own. Uh, remember he threw those pick sixes against, uh, TCU and K State in clutch, clutch times. Oklahoma's got a decision to make. I think they'll go with Mayfield and, and bring in Knight. You know, they're both juniors. Bring in Knight off the bench if he's needed. Both of these guys have to learn how to take care of the football though. They just turn it over too much. Um, and, I worry a little bit about this. I would have probably Oklahoma rated a little bit higher than I do. If not for, you've got this decision to make at quarterback. And we know that sometimes, let's just say Bobby Stoops has a little bit of a problem making good decisions. Not all the time, but sometimes he does. Don't forget, like I said, next week on the podcast will be our college football preview. And uh, make sure you check the website. Uh, Big 10 or Big 12 is coming out tomorrow. If you would like to see how those Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners are going to do, Check out the website tomorrow, uh, dailydosports.wordpress.com. You can see uh, where exactly I have the Oklahoma Sooners coming in. Let's shift over to the NFL because, of course, the big news this week was the injuries. That was the big news out of the NFL. It, more on that just a little bit later. But the Green Bay Packers lost wide receiver Jordy Nelson. It looks like he is probably gone for the season with a torn ACL. Now, in that same game, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, this was actually Steelers versus Packers in this game, uh, the Steelers lost center Marquise Pouncey. And, and I really think that Pouncey is probably a bigger loss for the Steelers than Nelson is for the Packers. Uh, do you remember back in 2013, um, a couple years ago, uh, the Steelers' offensive line was kind of banged up. They had some people out. They had some people getting hurt. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had lost his center. He had lost a guard. He had lost a couple people. Uh, and, and he was forced to do so much more uh, trying to keep plays alive with his with his legs and, and just trying to to carry that offense, he ended up having uh you know he had 28 touchdowns, but I think he had 14 interceptions, which is pretty high for him. He was sacked 42 times. He got knocked around quite a bit. The Steelers have to be hoping this isn't the same story this year because without uh, a very very good center in Pouncey and and, and Pouncey ended up with a broken I think fibula. Uh, he's going to have to have surgery. To have that fixed, he's going to be out a while. I don't know if it's going to be the full year. It's going to be a good chunk of the year, if not. Um, it could be the same story again. It could be the same story this year where Roethlisberger is just forced to do so, so, so much. Um, Nelson, Jordy Nelson, a little bit easier to replace, and I'm not saying he's replaceable completely, uh, but Aaron Rodgers is capable of kind of creating a few guys that are going to pick up that slack. They're not going to have... Um, that kind of rapport that, that Nelson and, and Rogers had together. They just kind of had, they, they were just clicking. You could tell they just had, uh, some chemistry going there. Uh, it, it's not like that, but it isn't like Green Bay doesn't have receivers. I mean, you've got Randall Cobb. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got some people, uh, that are, are capable physically of stepping up. Now you just actually have to get them to step up and, and you're going to have to have Rogers, uh, you know, find someone to go to. So with all those injuries, Two major injuries to two major players for two teams that, let's be honest, could be contenders this season. We have our story out of Washington, D.C. Because meanwhile, in Washington, Jay Gruden, head coach of the Washington Redskins, and, uh, you know, the, the West, the rest of uh, the Washington coaching staff, they were actually trying to get their quarterback, Robert Griffin, killed last Friday against the Lions. The Lions were killing Griffin sacked him three times, forced uh, two fumbles from him. Um, and, and the best part of the whole thing was that Gruden wouldn't pull him out. 
He just left him in there. He was, he was just until almost halftime. Now I want you to think about this for just one second. And, and I understand this is a little bit different of a situation because you've got, you've got Washington trying to get a team built. You've got them, you know, they've been kind of, kind of dogs for a while. They're trying to get things going. Can you imagine a team like the Broncos or something with Peyton Manning and he's in there and the offensive line isn't doing a very good job? And, and Gary Kubiak's just like, Hey, leave him in there. He's got to learn. And he's just getting decked and just getting hammered and just getting sacked all the time. Can you imagine Belichick doing that with like Brady? Just like, nah, leave him in there. He's got to learn. But that's what they did. That's what Washington did with Robert Griffin. Now, uh, understand a little bit of the backstory here. Un- apparently, Griffin is in good with the, with the Washington owner, Daniel Snyder. Um, and as a result, Snyder has kind of told Gruden, uh, you're playing Griffin whether you want to or not. I, I know you maybe would rather go to like a Colt McCoy or uh, I don't know, Kirk Cousins or somebody, but you're going to play Robert Griffin. So Gruden leaves him in there just getting bum rushed on every single play. And his, his comment after the game was, well, we've kind of just got to get a little bit tougher. Really? That's what this was? He needs to get tougher? I don't know if this has anything to do with toughness. And I don't remember anyone doubting RG3's toughness a few years ago when he hurt his knee under under Shanahan and he wanted to keep coming in and, and, and continue to play. I don't know if toughness is the issue. I have some questions about RG3's uh, you know, head sometimes. I think sometimes he's not very smart. I don't think he always makes very good decisions. There are times he could get down and avoid a big hit or get out of bounds or throw things away and he doesn't do that. Um... <laughs> But I don't know about, he seems like he's a pretty tough kid. Uh, the good news, the good news. So he ended up leaving just before halftime. RG3 ended up leaving the game with concussion symptoms. They say uh, it wasn't anything serious. That's what you always say if it's not, you know, you. Uh, but, but they say that he will be ready for week one uh, so that he will be able to get hurt again in week one, which is which is great news for the, uh, for the Washington team. Uh, did you see Chris Carter's video? See Chris Carter's video? Uh, you might remember Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter played with the Eagles, played uh, with the Vikings, had a, a, you know, Hall of Fame career. Great, great career. He had to apologize this week after there was video of him speaking at the 2014 NFL rookie symposium. Uh, and, and the video kind of got out and then it just kind of went viral and blew up. And in the speech he's giving to the rookies. So what the NFL does is they say, Hey, we've got a, we've got our class of rookies coming in and they need some, some wisdom. They need some wisdom from some former players. So the former players come in and they say, Hey, you, you need somebody to, here's what you're going to do with your practices and here's how you're going to handle, you know, maybe some, some ideas on how to handle your money. And uh, you, you want to make sure that you buy these kind of things because if you buy these kind of things, it's going to drain your money. And here's how you deal with uh, family and friends that are going to want to take your money. And they give them kind of, you know, that orientation to the league and to dealing with uh, with all the things that come with being in the NFL. So Chris Carter gets up last season, not this season. Chris Carter gets up there and he says in his speech, he tells the rookie that they need to have a fall guy for when they get in trouble. They need to have a fall guy. Got weed? Well, it was mine. It was his. Is my fall guy here. You get a DUI? Oh, I was I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving. My, my fall guy here. He was the driver. We, we, we switched seats real quick. He was driving. Unwanted pregnancy? It, it, it's not my baby. It look, look, it looks just like, well, that's a bad example. Never mind. Scratch that one. Um, did, did he mention that the fall guy should probably also be white? Because I, I think that would probably help in the fall guy situation as well. Make sure you have the white guy. Because, you know, as Dave Chappelle said, uh, somebody's gonna have to talk to the police. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if he threw that one out there as well. I know, I know Chris Carter was just, you know, keeping it real and he was just trying to talk about, you know, talking to these kids about how things really are. Don't talk to them about, hey, uh, you might want to watch the people you hang out with. You might want to be very, very careful about being out late because things, you know, bad things happen when you're out. You might want to be very, very careful about being out in public and putting yourself in bad situations where bad things could occur. No, 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 no. Don't tell them that stuff. They don't need to know that stuff. Just tell them to get a fall guy for when things go bad. Because what he's basically telling you rookies, you need to understand, 
is you're clearly too stupid to stay out of trouble. So at least be smart enough to have someone to tag it on. Then you, then you'll at least avoid some of the trouble because you're clearly too dumb to just avoid the trouble. If I am sitting in that thing, I'm insulted. I mean, the, the players sitting in there, uh, the Teddy Bridgewaters and, and the guys sitting in there, you should be absolutely insulted that he thinks you're so stupid. You can't stay out of trouble. So instead of staying out of trouble, just find someone else to tag it on. I know. I know. Chris Carter was just keeping it real, talking about how things really, really are. Yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real dumb. Uh, Carter, of all people, of anyone that would get up in front of that audience, Chris Carter should know better than anyone. You know, Chris Carter was a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Uh, with Philadelphia Eagles, he was playing, uh, you know, with Randall Cunningham. He was playing for Buddy Ryan. He he, he was putting up huge, huge numbers. Uh, but he actually was was drinking so much and using so much illegal drugs that Buddy Ryan one day just said, just had enough. And even though he was an All Pro wide receiver, even though he was a young stud coming up, Buddy Ryan just cut him, just cut him, just one day. Nope, you're on, you're not on the team anymore. You're cut, cut him. And uh, when it when it came out, he kind of said, drug use, alcohol use, I had to get rid of him. He can't be around this team anymore. He's too dangerous to be around this team. Now, Chris Carter has said, that's what woke me up. That got my attention. Because now I had to explain to everyone in my life why I was doing what I was doing. Why I got cut. How are you out of a job? Suddenly, you are jobless. You don't have a job in the NFL anymore. And he had to explain that. And you know, Chris Carter today, he ended up cleaning himself up. He ended up getting on with the Vikings, becoming one of the great wide receivers in NFL history. He credits Buddy Ryan with saving his life. Not just changing his career, but saving his life. He says, if if not for Buddy Ryan doing that, I probably would not be here. And that's the advice you give? Get a fall guy? Come on, man. You're better than that, aren't you? Now, uh, you know, I, I got a, another email here that, that I gotta, I gotta read to you. Uh, I, I got an email from, says from Brian J. Uh, it says, Hey, our, uh, fantasy draft is next week. Do you have any tips for my fantasy team? I, I do have some tips that I wanted to share with all of the listeners out there that, that tune in every week. I, I, I wanted to give you a few fantasy team tips and, and, and I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not a huge fantasy guy. And, and based on some of these tips, I'll tell you why I'm not a huge fantasy guy. Uh, but I, I wanted to give you some tips because I know one of the reasons that the NFL is so big, the NFL football is so big, especially in the U.S., uh, is because of fantasy sports. It really is. People love having that rooting interest because it, it, it's, see, the NFL isn't just regional. Like with baseball, baseball is a regional sport. If, if you're in, you know, St. Louis, you cheer for the Cardinals. If you're in San Francisco, you cheer for the Giants. And if you're out in New York, you cheer for, you know, the Yankees, you cheer for the Mets, whatever. Football isn't that way. Like, if there is a Monday night football game on and it's a big, it's a big game, it's, uh, it's, uh, Packers versus uh, Vikings in week four, you're turning it on and you're watching it. And some of the reason is because of fantasy, fantasy sports. I understand. I get that. Uh, I've got, I've got uh, Adrian Peterson. I've, I've got to tune in tonight. I want to see how he does. You know, I'm hoping I need big points tonight because I did okay yesterday, but I need some big points tonight. Uh, fantasy sports kind of drives a little bit of, of our huge audience that we have for professional football today in America. It just does. And so uh, Brian J writes in and asks if I have any tips for his fantasy team. Of course, of course, I'm going to break down some tips for the fantasy team. Uh, let me let me put together a few a few here for you. Uh, first off, and, and maybe this is just this is what kind of drove me out of, of doing a lot of. I used to do like every fantasy league that came along. I would kind of do them. Hey, you want to get in fantasy league? Yeah, whatever. Here's ten bucks, whatever. Uh, and and did pretty well. I mean, uh, won won a few leagues. Uh, but here is one one piece of advice. If you want to you know get a pencil, write this down. Uh, don't draft players that you hate. That that is one free piece of advice I'm going to give you. Uh, now that might not seem like a big deal. Might like might not seem like a like a big deal at all. But if you draft a player you hate, you end up becoming kind of torn on do I want this player to do well who I I, I don't like. I mean it, now you've kind of got to go through and you've kind of got to be selective and, and when you're putting together your draft list, you've got to kind of make sure 
Now, if Tom Brady comes up, am I going to take him? Because uh, I'd really like to see him do poorly this year. Do I, do I really want to take a guy like that? Do I want to skip him and go down to the next quarterback on my list who I like a little better, and, and then I'm not going to be torn in my allegiances? I, my advice to you, because that was the thing that, that started to bother me about Fantasy League. I started to have to cheer for players and for teams I didn't like. I can remember clearly, clearly being, uh, you know, right around first or second place in one of my fantasy leagues. And I had Tim Brown at the time and he was playing for the, for the Raiders. And, and I was like, I need, I need Tim Brown to have a huge night tonight. Oh, and he's playing the Broncos. Oh, perfect. Perfect. That's exactly what I need. So I'm telling you right now, uh, go through, find the players you don't like and that you say, I hate, uh, and maybe there's only two or three of them. You might not be uh, someone that hates a lot of players. If there's certain teams or certain players that you're just like, I cannot cheer for those guys. Weed them out of your fantasy draft list. Get them out of it. Uh, number two uh, thing that I, I would give you advice wise, don't have any more than like two or three teams that, that you, you have fantasy teams. Like if you're getting into like the five, six, 10, 12, yeah, I got 12 different fantasy teams. I'm starting to get, I'm getting a little concerned about you, I guess is what I'm saying. You might have a little bit, is mental imbalance the word I'm looking for? Something like that. If you're playing that many fantasy teams, it's kind of like, remember when we talked about back in March Madness, we talked about how many different brackets did you fill out? And you say, well, yeah, in my 14th bracket, I definitely picked that upset. Yeah, well, yeah, who cares? Um, oh, you can really only like put in any attention and, and really be able to be good at like two or three at the most. If you're playing much more than that, either you have a lot of spare time, you're not really doing a job and you're probably wasting money throwing it into these, uh, or something, or, or like I said, you, you've got a little bit something that you might want to get a team of like a therapist to look at you for, but two or three teams at, at the most. That, that's really the, the most you can do. Um, number three, don't have, uh, your draft prior to the final preseason game. And I know that that gets kind of tough. That starts to get a little bit tight because a lot of you, uh, I believe he said, Brian said, uh, our draft is next week. Well, here's the problem. You're going to have these Jordy Nelson situations. You're going to have the Marquise Pouncey situations that could greatly change uh, the way you look at someone like Ben Roethlisberger, is he going to have uh, maybe, maybe, you know, Le'Veon Bell, someone like that. I, I would pick this player, but now with these injuries through preseason, that might tweak a little bit of what I'm going to do. Uh, that might change a little bit of what I'm going to do with my draft. I would encourage you, have your draft that weekend. They usually play those last preseason games on like, you know, Thursdays and Fridays. and Have your draft that weekend after those games because you could have some some cuts, you could have some injuries, you could have some people shifting around, and you don't want to get into your fantasy league that's going to last the full season and things be not what you thought they were. Uh, try to delay that draft as as long as you can and get into the closer to the regular season so that at least you're drafting uh, the people that you really do want. Uh, last, last two I'll give you. Um, first off, don't ever refer to your draft room as the war room. So like you're having all your buddies over to do your draft and, and you're like, hey, uh, everybody meet in the kitchen because that's the war room and I've got the, you know, the big, the big white board. It's not a war room. It's your kitchen. D don't say that. Don't say that. You're not a general. <laughs> you are a tool. If someone does say it and, and you can tell them that I said it's okay. If someone refers to like your living room or, or, or your dining room or whatever of your house as your war room, because that's where you're having your fantasy league draft. You have my permission. You can use this. You have my permission uh, that you can punch them in the face, neck or throat. Uh, and, and it's totally okay. That's you. You have free hits based on that. I don't know if that, I don't know how legal. I don't know how legal any of this is, but I'm just telling you, you have my permission to punch them in the face, the neck, or in the throat uh, for saying the words war room when referring to the room that you're conducting your draft in. Now, the last rule when it comes to Fantasy League, the last rule, and, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Whatever you do, make sure you abide by this rule. You can ignore the other four rules if you want to. I'm fine with you ignoring all the other rules on this draft uh, on, on the fantasy football tips that I'm giving you. I'm fine with it. If you just remember, just remember this one rule. Number one on my tips for fantasy football. Number one, without question, whatever you do, whatever you do, 
never, never, ever, 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 never, ever talk to me about your fantasy football team because I really don't care about it. And you know what? Neither does your wife and neither does your coworker and neither does your boss. It's big to you. Here's the way I would compare it. Like, have you ever tried to like write uh, poetry? Now, to you, that might have been something really, really eloquent, and it might have been really something touching. And it, it, trust me on this, everyone else just kind of thinks you're a weirdo. So, so don't share that information. Just keep that information bottled up. Keep that inside, and don't you don't have to talk about your fantasy team. Trust me on this. You don't have to fantasy talk about your fantasy team. Nobody else cares. Okay, coming back, we still need to get over to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, we talked about this a little earlier this year, but sometimes we see some injuries in the NFL preseason, and sometimes they can be a season changer. Today, we will be looking at a few of the more memorable injuries from the preseason. We're going to do that when we get back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let's continue right now with our flashback to a Daily Dose from the past as we begin our weekly Daily Dose Top 5. As we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Like I said before, very, very popular segment. Uh, whatever, Whenever I get feedback, I'll, I'll get some emails, I'll get some tweets, I'll get uh, some random things. I almost always, always, always hear about the Daily Dose Top 5, love the Top 5, disagree with the Top 5. Uh, I've had people that, that have written me, we did a little bit over the summer where they said, just do shows of, of Top 5s. Uh, we, we try to do a good Top 5 for you every single week. This week, we got something, you know, something a little relatable, something that's going on right now. We are going to count down the Top 5 most brutal NFL preseason injuries. Now, when I talk about most brutal, I'm not necessarily talking about gruesome, although some of them were. I'm, I'm talking about impactful and, and preseason injuries that were just horrible. It, we have these every single year. We have somebody's getting injured in preseason in a meaningless scrimmage, in a meaningless practice. Uh, and you know, you look at, you look at Jordy Nelson, you look at Pouncey this year. Jordy Nelson wasn't even touched. The knee just gave out. It's not always controlled. It's not always where you said, well, if they weren't having contact, we wouldn't have these problems. Sometimes these things just, just happen. But I'm going to count down the top five NFL preseason injuries of all time. Uh, so uh, here we go. Number five on our list. You might remember this one. Uh, 1999, Rams versus Chargers. Uh, you know, it's funny when you look back at this because the, the St. Louis Rams in 1999, people were starting talking about the Rams. They had put together these pieces. They had put together some wide receivers. They had put together a pretty good offensive line. And their quarterback, Trent Green was going to be the man to lead this, what became the greatest show on turf. But in a, in a preseason game against the Chargers, he gets blasted by Rodney Harrison. Pretty, that one was pretty gruesome. That one was pretty ugly. Uh, I'm sure there's probably clips out there that you're not going to want to see. Uh, Trent Green blows his knee out and Dick Vermeil, the head coach of the St. Louis Rams had to go to his backup. A little-known guy, a little-known backup that really hadn't played much, hadn't played big-time college football. We didn't know anything about. Trent Green went on the injured list, and out came Kurt Warner. And and the rest, I guess as they say, is history. Kurt Warner became one of the greatest quarterbacks, honestly, one, one of the better quarterbacks to ever play. Uh, really, really good, really, really smart, understood exactly where to go with the ball, and was absolutely unafraid to be blitzed. He encouraged teams to blitz him because he knew he could find the right guy and deliver the right pass. Trent Green goes out in 1999, uh, lost his job, never did get his job back. Kurt Warner took it and kept it. Number four on our list, bad injuries in the NFL preseason. Uh, same year, 1999. You might not remember this. Um, Chris Spielman had put together a, a pretty good career. He had played with the Detroit Lions. He had had a good, uh, good career with the Buffalo Bills as well. He actually had a neck injury in 1997. In 1998, his wife was undergoing cancer treatment, 
And so he took that season off and spent with his wife trying to help her through her cancer treatments. In 1999, Chris Spielman returned as a member of the Cleveland Browns. During a preseason game against the Bears, he actually sustained another neck injury. Pretty sad story. Spielman never played again. It, it just ended, uh, ended his career, retired. Uh, he, he had to, he had to get out of it because they were saying that any, anything further on that neck could result in paralysis, could result in some really, really bad things. Chris Spielman went through a really, really tough time through those years. Uh, that kind of ended it for him. Preseason game against the Bears. And, and that was kind of it for Chris Spielman. Uh, number three on our list. Are you old enough to remember this one? You might not. Uh, this, this guy was a, a pretty good player and he was, he was only like three, two or three years into the league and they were starting to say he was going to be a, a, a really, really good player coming on stretch. Um, cornerback, kick returner, punt returner. He had actually asked his coach, can I return kicks and punts? Because he was so, so quick. Uh, and, and when the Giants allowed Jason Seahorn in 1998 to return some kicks in a preseason game, they quickly regretted it because Jason Seahorn, uh, you know, like I said, he had begged to kind of, to kind of start taking these kicks back and they put him back on. And, and the first one he did, I think he broke it for like 25, 35 yards. And then the next one, he blew out his knee and, and Jason Seahorn was never the same. He never had the same speed. He never had the same ability, uh, the agility that he had had to cut and to, and to, uh, find a receiver when the receiver was making his cut. He never fully got it back. It kind of ended Jason. He came back and he played a couple of seasons, but he was never the same as he had been before that. Jason Seahorn, our number three preseason injury. Uh, just one of those ones that kind of wrecked a career. Um, number two, number two on our list. You might not know this one. Uh, do you remember? the old police academy movies and Moses Hightower and some of the beer commercials that Bubba Smith was in. Well, in 1972, he was playing for, at the time, the Baltimore Colts. And, you know, back in these times, in in the 70s, when you had the yard markers, you know how you're marking the first down with with the sticks? And have you ever noticed when a play comes over to them, they drop the sticks and the sticks just fall flat and the line just goes straight to the ground? This is why. Because in a 1972 preseason game, Bubba Smith uh, ran down a ball carrier into the sideline. And at the time, you just jammed the stick. The stick had the pointy end at the bottom of it. You jammed the stick, and the sticks just stayed straight up to mark the first down. He actually got tangled up in the chain, blew his knee out, tore his knee up. They say it's one of the one of the worst knee injuries that that they've seen in the NFL, all because he got caught in the chains of the of the yardage markers. He tore up his knee. He missed the full 72 season, ended up getting traded, getting moved around, never was the same. Bubba Smith went down in a preseason game and, and kind of a, kind of a dumb injury, just getting tangled up in the yardage markers in a preseason game. Number one on our top five NFL preseason injuries. And this one is, is absolutely unforgettable. 1978 New England Patriots. Quarterback Steve Grogan. I know most of you Patriots fans, if you're listening, you just heard me say quarterback Steve Grogan. What? Who's Steve Grogan? The only quarterback I ever knew of was, was Tom Brady. There was another quarterback before Tom Brady. Yes, there was, and his name was Steve Grogan. Anyways, Steve Grogan throws a quick slant to a wide receiver by the name of Daryl Stingley. Uh, Stingley was hit immediately by Oakland Raiders safety Jack Tatum. Hard hit. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't like it got any flags. Uh, it wasn't anything gruesome or that you looked at and said, Oh, that, that, you know, that could be something really, really significant. Not at all. He went down, but Stingley went down and he never moved again. It actually, the hit caused, uh, Stingley's spinal cord to compress. It broke his fourth and his fifth vertebrae. And Daryl Stingley would never walk again. He was a quadriplegic for the remainder of his life. He ended up passing away, uh, actually, Pretty early, uh, kind of a kind of a darker finish to that list. Uh, but those are our top five NFL preseason injuries, and, and you just don't know. Every time these guys strap it up, is that danger is always always out there lurking. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, things like things like this happen when you play a game like these guys play. Uh, there, there are preseason injuries out there that, that can always take place. Hey, next week on the dose, we will get back to our regular format and we're going to have a number of things to catch up on. Might have to look at some of the things that we learned while we were out. Think about this. We've got the NFL and college football going. We've got the World Series going to be starting very soon. Don't forget the NBA regular season is going to be starting 
telling you right now, it is an amazing time of year. So be sure that you stop by the dose and be sure that you tell a friend to do the same. I say thank you to each and every one of you for listening to The Daily Dose every week. Thank you for the emails. Thank you for the text. Thank you for the tweets. Thank you for checking out our articles, our videos, our podcast over at DailyDoseSports.com. Thank you for subscribing wherever it is that you watch or listen. But more than anything else, thank you so much for sharing the show with someone that you know. We absolutely love it when you do that. I say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all next Wednesday. Have a great week, everybody.